Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Classic Quest podcast, where we go through classic rap albums, hip hop stuff, track by track. More specifically, EPs, though, right? Like we're well, trying that, to find. That's what this bonus series is going to be. This does a little bit extra episode, shorter things. So, well, feel free to let us know what your favorite rap EPs are, as in. Let's call it like less than seven tracks because somehow some of these EPs seem to be like full length albums. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so my name is Holden Stefan, right? I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And uh, because of Google, we decided to try out for the first one of these bonus episodes a breakdown, although it's only one track with parts of Lil Ugly Main Uneven Compromise which apparently is a song that actually doesn't have a real name. And it, I don't know, it, it's an interesting whole concept. Anyway, before we jump into it, we're going to do the little intro bit still. Uh, we have been reviewing albums for quite some time and we learn as we go. And this mm-hmm. is kind of like an open journey of trying to understand why people like albums and what makes certain albums great or significant or worth hearing. But we're also not really experts about any of the people that we cover. So often you person coming to this video know more about the act than we do. So we encourage comments, anything yeah, that we often get wrong. We, we only know... We only know the artist by listening to it for, like, a few days. And, like, on the real, uh, Mr. Travis Miller's uh, Wikipedia page is not really full of information. And it's not always easy with Google to find stuff in a timely fashion, unlike the comment section who corrects us and proceeds to let us know what to Google for the next time. So y'all are amazing, and we really appreciate you. And whether positive or negative, we definitely want to hear what you have to say so that we can get better mm-hmm. on our journey. And uh, we'll get into it real soon. Before we jump into it, just special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Super Old School 1994, Lindell Williams, and Jonathan Barnes. And we'll talk a bit about that at the end of the episode. In the meantime, Bonnie, why don't you tell us what we are reviewing today? Well, this week we are reviewing Lil Ugly Maine, um, Uneven Compromise, which came out uh, October 28th, 2012. And, uh, yeah, so basically, uh, I don't... This is the part of the show where we would contextualize how familiar we are with the artist, to which, honestly, I never heard of it. Basically, I googled the best rap and and hip-hop and several variations of these terms eps out there and then um ended up finding somebody on the genius forum thread who recommended this particular project as being extra noteworthy and a few people gave some positive votes to that so i was curious according to wikipedia he just kind of has a bunch of different names and drops a bunch of different sounds and projects he's like one of those super multi-instrumentally people he doesn't seem like he's defined by any set genre either however as i understand little ugly mane was a character that kind of revived some of that Memphis 3-6 Mafia style dark, heavy-hitting rhymes, you know? Like, maybe not the most positive music. I listened to a few tracks off of both the 2012 project and the 2015 just to give it a little sample. I, for a while, he's particularly talented, let me just be clear. But yeah, I could see how that first album didn't have, like, maybe the most positive themes. But what was cool is in the 2015 album, it seemed like it was different. 
it was a little more mature. Uh, not to say he was immature previously, but in the sense of rather than just being one of those rappers, it seemed like he was being a conscious version of one of those rappers. And that was just from listening to about four or five songs and seeing a tone shift in the lyrics. Like, how can they expect us to learn versus fuck that bitch? I'm not trying to, like, play it down. This is very limited. I'm just saying. But I was really impressed with his overall ta- uh, tone, and it makes me want to discover more of his shit. I'm assuming you don't know him. Yeah, no, I definitely did not know him um, prior. Um, he's he's interesting, which we will discuss. Anyway, um, so I figured our first EP would be an EP with songs, but it, it's going to be this one track, um, uh, which is 10 minutes long or so. It has, it's about 11 minutes, actually. It has this cover, which has, like, an eye, like an Illuminati eye, mm-hmm. and it says, Corrupted by the darkness, you fall into an endless sleep, and other paths that results in failure are unacceptable. I was like, that is a pretty interesting cover, because it looks like some conspiracy theorists, like, intense nonsense, whatnot, that's going to be coming into it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you how you feel about it. Yeah, and then like you know, once we once we get into it, like the the very first line of this song is like the first half of that title. So it's like something that's you know he, he goes like straight into it, um, and yeah, it's definitely something you're like, what is this? Like this is gonna be like weird because it just looks like creepy and weird, and it's red, so it kind of looks a little bit scary. So yeah, it definitely looks like uh, something that's. A little, a little like out of like the box, I guess, from like what we normally listen to. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It looks like it's not trying to be flashy or anything. It's just trying to actually just entice your curiosity. It kind of reminds me of when we tried to do the Hunter Killer boxes, which they send you murder boxes full, well, clues full of, well, boxes full of clues to solve a murder, and this is the kind of shit you would expect with that. So I thought it was interesting. And then, apparently, before it came out, and I'm getting this from Genius, so I don't even know how the fuck this happened, but it's an important announcement concerning the release of the Little Sunshine EP, and it says here, just in text form, again, I don't know how this was released. You have a call from an inmate at a correctional facility. Inmate states your name. Yo, man, I ain't got no computer right now. Yeah, this shit broke. The phone may be monitored and recorded. Press 3 if you accept the charges and do not hang up. Like, almost like what you're about to listen to on this project, this unnamed song that ended up being called Uneven Compromise, um, is going to be this call or whatever. It just is a weird preface. And, like, you know, I really like the lore-building aspect of it. To me, that's always super fucking cool when artists take their project or whatever and make it kind of bigger than it is. Like, a good example is what 21 Pilots did with the Trench album, and they made a whole website full of clues and shit that kind of broke down the basis of a story. Mm -hmm. And then the music videos had visual elements that also contributed to the story. And you couldn't just get the whole story and understanding from one element. Like, you had to go to this website, and you had to listen to the album, and you had to watch the music videos to, like, get a bigger sense. And I kind of like that shit. So I was, like, really intrigued when I saw that online. But, yeah, no, it just... I don't have a lot more to say. I guess that was a whole bunch I just said, but <laughs> I don't know if you want to jump into this. Yeah, we might as well. Let's do it. Well, apparently it's called bracket, 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 a bunch of underscores, some circly shits, and a bunch of blank things, and then it's an uneven compromise. Um, so it, it just kind of starts off weird, 
I don't know yeah. a better way to describe it. Like kind of <laughs> like strange voice. It says, corrupted by the darkness, now you fall into an endless sleep. And it just kind of repeats itself. It's like it's this eerie fucking like start to this shit. Like it's dark. Yeah. And it's definitely out there. Like we're, we're, we're starting an experience, I would say. And it, so that's like the first part because the song is kind of divided into like I, I'd say four distinct parts. Yeah. And I mean, according to the genius annotation, which I relied on here, he had a black metal uh, history in black metal before starting his career in hip hop. And so I guess even if you look at the album, you, you can see that a lot of his influences in life may have been darkness. Even if you listen to that other project, just the themes are darkness. And if mm -hmm. you kind of get obsessed with darkness, and you kind of like like I spent six months at one point like googling every world atrocity that's happened in the last hundred years like every genocide every every bad thing in the fucking world and it really like that shit can play some shit on your psyche where like you, you just can't stop thinking about all the terrible things of it like you can't flick a switch yeah. and just like turn it off so it's like if you go and embrace that darkness and you you kind of get off on it at first it's almost harmless but then it gets to an obsession like an endless sleep where like no matter what you you can't escape at least that's what i took from it mm -hmm. i agreed with the genius annotation it made total sense to me um i don't know then you get this like verse where it kind of really reinforces that idea just kind of some of the interest like enter my chamber you will never leave festering bodies will cover the streets satanic prophecies christian hypocrisy bury me deep into filth and disease i don't know you get the idea of like his mind and like you know his just knowledge of understanding all of the dark shit that's going on in the world like I, that's kind of how i pictured it like he's learned all of these terrible fucking things like all of the satanic bullshit all of how religion's awful all the filth and nonsense in the world and so he's learned all of this and when you come enter his mind you know you know open my mind and hammer it close into the darkness i'm strangled and choked tracing the patterns and numbers and smoke blood on my daggers from enemies throats and again like you just kind of picture it's like he studied all this shit so much that like this is almost how he sees the world it's almost like it's consumed him in a sense and you can't even handle it like this this crazy shit and it just feels like you you picturing in mind this is coming from some inmate it just kind of pictures the darker side of the world and i guess the psychological impact of what happens to it yeah i mean i don't know if you have anything to add so far um i mean i guess the only thing i wanted to say is um kind of at the beginning when i think he, he kind of talks about like he has done um like a different type of music before um and i think that's kind of really interesting because you don't usually hear about like artists who are um transitioning in from like one genre into like the next like you like there's not a lot of them that just do that like a lot of them kind of focus on like one genre and just kind of play with that and so it's interesting to see that he's kind of like crossing over and doing whatever yeah um and it sounded something kind of like a like a horror movie from like a countryside type sound um and it sounded like a little bit horrorcore obviously like this is kind of weird and creepy like it has a da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da kind of flow to it and then wee, 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 which it kind of makes it uh very difficult to enjoy when i was listening to it like on headphones um because it basically sounds like that high pitched noise like when you like open a balloon and let the air out like wee, 
like slowly, like at a time, like that's what that sounded like. And it made, um, it made me want my, like, it made me feel like my ears were going to bleed and <laughs> it like hurt. And I was like, ah, this is awful. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't get that experience for me. It was like, I think you're right in the sense that it's not meant to be like a happy, enjoyable experience. Yeah, but definitely. It's definitely an experience, right? Because the first time you listen to it, like the whole way through, you're like, what the fuck did I listen to? Mm-hmm. Then I like put on the lyrics and I started really paying attention, you know? And it's like using a razor to open my wrist. My body is vacant. My soul is enslaved to a hatred as ancient as day and night. Ladder of Jacob, the devil awakened in hell I created. I pray tonight. But I, I think that he wants us to feel the pain. And I think it, he can, you know, he can do that in his but, music. I almost feel like he wants you to understand the pain that comes from like studying our darkness and embracing it. Like it's this hell he created because mm-hmm. it's like he chose to go on that journey. Yeah. And I pray tonight because it's like, I guess, I don't know, with the couple of religious references and whatever that he just made with the ladder of Jacob, the devil awaken and hell I created. So he's praying in this dark mystery of his mind and all of this shit. And then corrupted by darkness, now you fall into an evil sleep. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, I guess, really drives it home when you go and embrace the darkness. It kind of is some grating shit. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I feel like the second verse, I'm like, I, to me, the, the writing is excellent. I just want to put it out there. His delivery is very powerful. It's super tight, super clear. It fits really well over the beat. His rhythm is just proper. I think he's really paying tribute to the uh, to what his influences are in a really direct way in and in a, to what I think sounds great. Um, and then just that whole second verse kind of follows suit and it's, it's, it's still like same wolf from that folklore drinking blood right out from that goat horn at postmortem. These boys want war. I transport them right to hell. And it's almost like after embracing all that darkness, you, you lash out, you got to spread it. And maybe, I, maybe I'm missing a point and I would love to hear your interpretations of this for real. Um, but uh, in a trance, uh, when I write to spell, lead the blood on my hands because I like to smell. In the death business, you decline. Tell motherfuckers can't win because I'm trying to fail. Flesh is the fabric that covers my robes. Blood is the matter that built up my throne. Nothing in shadows. I'm waiting alone. Deep in my coffin, I call it my home. Cowering and broken, I'm a victim of my evil deeds. But I don't need your sympathy. I'm, I'm comfortable in misery. Now, like to me, when I hear that, there's there's so many ways that it, it kind of translates like it makes me picture like addiction or when you're you're kind of hooked on some kind of dark behavior and this whole like first part could be about addiction in general it isn't i mean i take it like there's that dark side of maybe his musical and cultural influences but when you really take a step back it's like when you spend all this time going through this cyclical dark kind of uh paths of life you you maybe cross certain lines and it feels like maybe you commit certain crimes and at first it's whatever but then it just becomes something you relish something that you want over and over again something that you're willing to keep pursuing and it's almost like you know uh motherfuckers can't win because i'm trying to fail so it's like you can't beat me because i'm just that fucking destructive i'm already on my own war path i've already done it to myself how can you like win and mm-hmm. it's, it's like almost like the self-imposed shit like you don't even feel bad for me because i don't need that shit i'm happy and then, like i started thinking about just people in my life and i know some people who have chosen things like that maybe less so at 30 but definitely in my 20s people who just really wanted to be miserable or people who put themselves in like it's like i don't want to sound callous but that person who's dated their seventh abusive person in a row the first two or three you're like okay and you're all supportive but then at a certain point you're like but 
but how 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 does this keep happening you know <laughs> but then they don't they like it they want that drama they want that attention and i'm not trying to again it's a very particular type of person and i'm not saying it's anyone it's just that there is that person who exists mm-hmm. i don't know and then it just repeats that like corrupted by darkness you fall into an endless sleep and this whole like first part is just i was kind of blowing away right I mean, it's it's grimy ass beats, like really like grimy feeling shit. Um, lo fi, I think, is the term. Like, it's not trying to be glossy. It, it really feels like the the '90s in a sense, and like what it's trying to replicate. Yeah. The rhyming is consistent. The language used is vivid. Literally, it puts like images in your mind as it like tells this narrative and really captures the essence of the depth and depravity that almost come from embracing any kind of darkness, whether it be something as innocuous as, as maybe just being influenced. Like if you're going to sit there and listen, and I, I don't mean this in like a shallow way, but if all you do is obsess over, and this is all you obsess over, is dark shit, like tragedies, and you don't ever balance that with something more positive, like see the good in the world. Well, you don't have to go farther than Facebook to see that maybe this is a little bit problematic. And mainstream media is a big kind of pushing that same kind of sensationalist type of drivel. So it's not even like I'm, I'm talking out of my ass. You need that balance. Like sometimes you just need to see the puppy video. Like you just need to see that <laughs> yep, puppy yep. because otherwise your brain will fucking melt and you'll have that um, you'll be corrupted by the darkness and you'll fall into an endless sleep but I don't know I, I have more thoughts on it but it makes more sense in the next part but do you have anything to add here um no not really I mean I agree with you kind of like the first verse is sort of like he's like he's feeling very evil he feels like the sinful guy and then like the second verse he's sort of um he's he's kind of like transporting you to hell like his vision of hell and um he's just kind of feeling like this is where he belongs i mean at least in this moment because he's feeling like the weight of like all of like the bad actions that he's done in the past um i mean it's it's not really my cup of tea but the beat was cool it was interesting to listen to it was definitely um unique so uh yeah let's go on to part two so part two is particularly interesting because it's a lot of samples right Mm -hmm. and i think it starts to frame the song in a different way uh sure he's a gangster on the corner that's exactly what he wanted does he have some sort of social responsibility should he change his style we and then the voice changes and it becomes a different sample again some stuff like i guess he's cut that really communicates the right essence we are just the painting we are the canvas we are the artwork when we look into the broader scheme of things we realize that we are not our bodies that the building in front of you is nothing more than energy just slow down when we really when we realize that we are not seeing everything as it is nothing is what it seems uh, at all a lot of the times this is liberating and then it's like I guess two ideas there. So, I mean, his music clearly has this gangsta image to it. If you look at that uh, 2012 album he dropped, it's, it's very gangsta. It's very much pushing this kind of idea. And so I asked the, the question, is it okay to make this kind of music? Now, I suppose it's like one thing if he's a gangster living that life, but what about the type of person who just does it for the sake of the art? Or the type of person who, who like just to pick up a pop person who might be relevant is that little slim jesus kid who just loved drill music so much that he made drill music down to the fucking guns and everything in the video and admitted it's all fake you know like 
does that guy have any social responsibility there? Let's, let's ignore the culture vulture side of the conversation, but just, you know, is that person choosing to become a bad influence or even just anyone who's talking about crimes? And then it's almost like extending that idea into being the painting. Like they, as their art, are the canvas of this art. They are what's there. And when you really break it all down, life is, is just kind of energy or it kind of gets a little metaphysical that like nothing's really as it seems. So maybe as an artist who's creating this type of art, there's almost something bigger to it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's wrong of everyone to just assume anything that's created in the artistic world should ever be taken at face value. But people also like like if you can reach that place of understanding that your what your first initial reactions are may not be the full of it, you'll probably have a broader context and feel kind of free. And what I liked about this is like we just had to think about our early reviews, right? Like talking about Illmatic and not knowing that Jakes were cops. Now, I mean, if you don't know that Jakes are cops, songs that talk about Jakes and you're discussing if Jake is his brother or cousin or something like, well, you know, like it's it's the face value interpretation. But then mm -hmm. through understanding the culture more and the history and understanding that maybe somebody isn't just saying that they're shooting 37 people because they actually shot 37 people. Maybe there's something else to it allows you to maybe take off your judgment hat and kind of just appreciate it. Now, I say this as a person who I don't even think I give bad grades anymore when I give my reviews because it's like I don't fucking dislike anything anymore. I've come to really try to take on this everything's interesting point of view and it's been really in liberating. Like I don't care if I like it. It's an experience to hear it and to appreciate it. And as long as it has something to offer is some dope ass shit to me. And I feel like just the creative use of the sampling and over this next segment of beat changing, like this distinct flip up and then labels, labels, feel no guilt. Yeah, yeah, take in your money. The reason, and then this common sample, the reason, the reason that my people say they're tired of rap. And you really think about that transition. So first this questioning of, I guess I'm doing a lot of talking and Bonnie's like, thank goodness. <laughs> I didn't get all of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I did not. Just because I know you all think I just talk a lot, but. But like, I mean, yeah, you definitely like, anyways, you, you definitely have lots more opinions. I thought it was just so interesting. He just repeats over and over. And these are like four separate samples. Um, hopefully, I don't know if they're all there. Like from the hip, the feel no guilt is from the hip hop classic top billing by audio Two. That means nothing to me. Mm -hmm. uh, Taking your money is from uh, gang stars get a rep. And then Chai City by Common is that last line. And it kind of is an interesting fit, like right after the first part, because he's questioning maybe his role creating gangster music in, in a more abstract way. And then he first defends it. Like I'm the artist. I can do what the fuck I want. And then he kind of questions just the role of labels and making money for music for the sake of money and profit and growth. Yeah. And then ends it with comment, almost maybe criticizing his music as being the type of, uh, 
rap music that makes people tired of rap, like the real folk. And I'm just assuming here. I don't know anything about Travis Miller. Maybe the guy's the hardest motherfucker in the world <laughs> with all the gangster shit. I just don't know. Or maybe he was spitting some shit that wasn't in his life. I it just comes off like this questioning tone, the way those two things come back to back. And again, I'm just sitting there going that's such an interesting transition, right? Because in theory, this is all like one fucking song. And I'm just like, okay, so now we, we've brought in this dark shade, kind of maybe this first defense, like the self-pityness of it all, followed by the questioning metamorphosis, like, hmm, I wonder if. And then, you know, it just transitions into this completely third part where it's this long verse and it sounds almost like like maybe time has passed and he's a little bit older and he's a little bit wiser. It's like the same voice, but the demonic side of it is gone. The darkness no longer feels like it's there. <laughs> and then he's just like, saw my man the other day, he said he needed a hand up, said he had some live and some boy at random, yada, yada. You know, like, can't get the drugs, things aren't good. He says, blame it on the cocaine drought. You know, some people snitched or yep. there was an arraignment, people are gone. And he's like, I don't know anybody dealing no more. Sorry about it. And then he asked about his children and his mom and some story about, like, you know, how the baby mama tried to kill him because he was trying to fuck some fat girl. And it was all funny until he realized the other dude's not laughing. And he's like, whoa, what's going on here? And then he kind of switches up the topic and... You know, the guy's like, I don't know what happened to me. You know, what uh, I used to be like the man. I used to be so fucking cool. And then as he was confused about his feelings of inadequacy, he pulls back the sleeve and realizes there's track marks, meaning that he's a junkie that mm -hmm. does the heroines. Yep. And um, homie's got the habit. Um, and he's kind of like, he's sad, but now he's kind of like, he just wants to like leave him because he doesn't want to really be around that person. So he comes back down and he he's kind of like like the dude wanted to almost hit him or kind of be he got real irate or really fucking like offended by the situation. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's he, just high, I think, or like he's or he's like missing his drugs. So he's, and like, he's just like and he felt like offended, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, you feel like that way about me and wants to like hit him or whatever. Yeah. And then he, he promised he's going to clean up and everything's going to be good. And he looked him like straight in the eyes like it's supposed to be the truth. But like he knows he's lying to him. And then he goes down and he like, he's like, yo, I'm staying with my aunt. Everything's cool. And then he goes down to the aunt. And she said, like, yo, I hate this motherfucker so much I'd snitch on him to the government. And, and he's, he's like, well, how can you like, you know, like treat your turn your back on your family like, like that? But... You know, sometimes when people get addicted to drugs, like, it's it's difficult to, like, kind of stand by and, like, watch, like, somebody suffering and, like, slowly killing themselves. So people do walk away. And I think that he's kind of, like, judging that and, like, you know, saying, like, oh, you know, like, as a family member, like, you should be there for them, like, no matter what. But, but it's not as easy as that. But there's even a bigger plot twist, though. Mm -hmm. um, said they found his babies with their throat slit and he the culprit. I'm like, oh shit, step back. How's she gonna go against blood like that? That's the homie from way back. Looking at the stars, what the fuck could make you say that? Nah, love, I can't even play that. It's hard to let it smoke when you're trying to breathe because deep down I know she ain't lying to me. Because deep down I know she ain't lying to me. And like, he repeats it a third time. And basically, his little junkie friend killed his fucking children, right? And 
he knows that this is the truth of the situation. Like, he knows that this is the truth, but he can't even admit it to himself and whatever. So when you hear that story, right, which is, like, you're not... Were you expecting anything to be like no. that at this part of the song? No, it's, like, the truth of, like, what's, like, you know, maybe he's involved with or, like, what's, you know, where he's from. But it's, like, the consequences of maybe promoting a certain lifestyle, right? Yeah. And then it's saying just, it's almost like, here's some food for thought. Like, you know, people are, like, like if you promote doing a bunch of drugs and shit, certainly you might get off, you might clean up, you might move on, but sometimes um, homeboys change and their thoughts rearrange in their brain sometimes. It's hard dealing with the pain sometimes, but you got to let go. You can't save their lives. And I guess there's that added little message of when you do come across people that don't want to change, you have to let go and move on and stuff. But yep. it's almost like two twofold the message. Like one, this is the consequences of a certain lifestyle. And maybe he's almost questioning, should I be promoting the lifestyle knowing that these are the consequences of it? So we've like flipped the coin a lot. But then also realizing you have to like walk away from certain people in your life because they're toxic and i know that word toxic is thrown around a lot and people like to attach it to words like masculinity but there are just toxic people there are just people that exist to take from your you as a person and i know because i used to be toxic people so for me i smell that shit a mile away <laughs> and like i'm not toxic people no more because well, at least i actively try not to be we all have bad days but like <laughs> I don't know. I guess one of the best lessons in life you can have is look at your friend lists, your actual friends, and then run a little math equation. How much do you offer that person? How much did it offer you? It's fucking cold. Mm -hmm. But if you realize that this person doesn't offer you anything, they might be more like this homeboy that slit his kid's throat. It might be not that exaggerated. Yeah, but... it's a bit, a bit much, but, you know, you get the gist of it. And then... So anyway, you're left kind of sitting here with all of this food for thought. And like the rapping was clearer this time and the beat was was like a funkier but like less yeah, dark, it a was, little it more was cool. upbeat. But then you're still slapped with this dark ass story that just kind of gives you maybe an example of the type of darkness that like envelops him in like the first verse too. So there's also that level of it. I figure if there's one song, we may as well go fucking hard on that one song. Um, and then it transitions into the last part, which starts off with what sounds like this woman moaning and like almost the state of ecstasy or fucking or some shit. And then it's just this happy, really like almost upbeat, like life is okay, instrumental. And then it says, what are you doing? And then I don't know. And those are the only words in it. And then it ends with this really like lar annoyingly loud, it's terrible. static, it's like white takeover noise. situation. It's awful. It, again, it's like brings you back to like the beginning of the song, like when your ears were feeling like they were going to bleed. So it brings you back to that feeling, which is quite nice. <laughs> I guess you can look at it like so there's you can either embrace the darkness or the light, right? And then if you're corrupted by the darkness, you're going to end up with an endless sleep. And then we find out that when you can take a step back and kind of also realize that, you know, life is just kind of energy and all this, I guess, other like seeing, understanding that life is more than what you understand it. And it's very liberating. Mm -hmm. And maybe he then kind of moves on to this different place where he comes across this whole situation. And it's almost like that's not it's not my problem. I'm past that. I'm over it. And in a sense, you get that liberation. So even when you're facing that darkness, you got to let go. You can't save their lives. 
which is as liberating as that end of that song is but is it and i think that's what the static is it's like certainly it is but is it like there's this little caveat at the end that maybe that shit's repressed or it's just always still gonna be there and while everything's hunky dory and shit really it just kind of all this scarring kind of builds up into this little last seconds of that shh sound and i'm like damn i mean i'm gonna assume it's deliberate and that it's all part of this crafted story yeah either way i mean i don't have a lot more to add at this point i feel like i've gone pretty in depth into my appreciation of what this track is uh, allow me to be clear i appreciate what the fuck this little project is like this is another one of those things that goes that makes me go you can make music like that like it's it's just so avant-garde yeah I, I mean i mean in a world where like pop charts are dominated by super pretty people and like your presence and your ability to like attract children not like well maybe both literally and preteens and like if that's the demos you want then certainly go and do that but i don't know like to me that's not interesting that sounds like a boring world I'd rather hang out with this guy and find out what led him to create such an interesting experience or like like this sounds more like a Bjork experience than it does like something else. Not, not like sonically, yeah. but compositionally, like the goal of being an experience. I don't know. I was blowing out the water by this. You're either going to love it or you're going to fucking hate it. But I loved it. <laughs> so I'm giving it a five on five. What? This is, well, it's one song, and the whole thing is a ridiculous experience. Wow. I'm not putting this against, like, all albums of all time, but what what's the flaw in this? Like I said, you're going to love it because it's this real, like, this is empirically put together properly. Okay. I, I don't know what's wrong with it. it it's just such a cool experience. Like, I, I could listen to it, and then I listen to it again, and then I find myself wanting to hear it again, and then you're, like, digging through it, just trying to... Un- it's everything I ask for in fucking music. And I think just the overall skill he displays, the lyricism, like all, like on every component in front, it hits it on the creativity, the subject yeah. matter. Like objectively speaking and subjectively speaking, <laughs> I'm taking out, I'm blown away by this shit. Okay. Um, I mean, for me, like the last part of the song, um, I'll just sum up that part. Like... It was it was instrumental basically, and so it made me think. I I wonder if like he was maybe like a, a mixer, or, like mm-hmm. a DJ or something as well. Um, I didn't really know if it for me it didn't really add much to it. And then like the the very end of the song was just completely like unlistenable. It was just unbearable. It was just like this noise that you just want to like take your headphones off and be like I'm done. Um, like it just like hurt. Um, so for me like overall I give this a three point nine on five. Because it's creative and like there is good stuff in it, um, but there's also some stuff that I did not did not enjoy. Um, like what? Like like how it starts and ends with like noise that makes me want like makes me makes my ears want to bleed, and uh, it just I, I don't know like I would never just go to this ever. And it, it's very interesting and it is creative. It's unique and I think it is artistic and I think it's cool that this guy does like. He tries different genres or he, like, plays in different genres. And I think that that's really, like, cool that he can do that. Um, That being said, this was not my favorite song in the world. That's fine. Um, So I guess that's this one. There's not much more to add. I would love to hear your thoughts on these types of avant-garde projects. 
I don't know if I'm using avant-garde right. I think <laughs> I am because it's out there and artsy. Mm-hmm. But if you, um, I want to know what your thoughts are. If you have other projects like this that you could recommend, or if you have rap EPs that you think are dope, let's be clear. We're trying to do these as like bonus episodes, so that shorter is better. In yeah, this if universe. it's like uh, like half an hour or less. I was thinking like 23 minutes or less. Like Kanye's yeah. seven track albums were really nice and short for the kind of purpose of just length we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds like whatever, but this is to be in addition to the full length album that we talk about. Um, still, I would love to hear what you think on this project. Um, if you have other stuff to recommend in general. Um, and yeah, we don't have anything more to say. I feel like I'm being repetitive. So special thanks to the patrons. This is Melody Dempsey, Chris Pratt, a Super Old School 1994, Jonathan Barnes, and Linda Williams. They support what we do. They help us get a new camera. They get to be all bossy and tell us what to review, what albums <laughs> they think we should cover. So we do. We, we, we follow suit. Um, and then they also get access to content early when we're on time. And often we are so last minute. That doesn't happen. <laughs> we're just being real. Uh, but as we grow and maybe get some merch in place and things like that, we'll find ways to make Patreon extra fucking cool. Um, we also have a public Discord and a private one for the patrons. We don't do anything with it because we don't understand Discord. But if you want to join it and chat and make that pop in, I will be your best friend for like that whole time you're making it pop in. We'll be homies and shit. Um, anyway, I dropped a project on Spotify's and Bandcamps and stuff back in November. So you can listen to that. It's also all on this channel. You can listen to that. Let me know what you think. And, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Peace. Bye, guys.